Well, amen. Good morning. God bless you. Uh, it's podcast day, Tuesday morning here. Just want to pray for you, pray with you, believe with you, and then we'll get started on today's teaching, uh, today's, uh, I don't know, impartation, whatever it is that we do, and however it's conveyed, it's heavenly, it's, it's Holy Spirit breathed, so I know it'll be a blessing to you. But Lord, we thank you now. Uh, for the Holy Spirit, we thank you for the anointing, the anointing to preach, teach, speak on your behalf, and we thank you for the anointing to receive everything that you have for us today. I come against every ungodly distraction, and I thank you now, Lord, that we would set an atmosphere, not in a weird way, but maybe I should say it this way, so maybe, uh, or not maybe, but may we set the, an, an expectation uh, that God would move on our behalf, that God would reveal something to us today in Jesus' mighty name. Well, amen. Once again, God bless you. I thank God for you, Pastor Kim, and I pray for you, pray with you, or believing with you daily. And I'll tell you right now, just so you know, you know, it's good to have someone believing with you and cheering you on. And I'll say this to you, uh, within myself and Pastor Kim, you have two of the biggest cheerleaders of your life. So just know whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, whether you're winning or failing, you have two people over here cheering you on and believe in you and are proud of you and are believing with you. And we just say to you, don't quit, don't stop, don't quit unless the Holy Spirit redirects you. Then at that point, yeah, you, you can change direction, but then you go full throttle in that direction. And once again, we're here and we're believing with you and we're cheering you on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, I want to get back on this, uh, the, you know, in the series we've been talking about or, or the subject we've been speaking on uh, that's called the anointing. Uh, you know, I don't ever think we'll get it fully. I don't ever think we can move beyond it uh, because why would you move beyond something that that that's uh, so uh, has so many so much depth to it, and it's not like we're shallow. But it doesn't matter how deep you get. And I'm not talking about deep, weird, spiritually weird, fanatically weird. I'm just talking about the the, the layers of the things of God. Are, you'll never get to the, the everything God does is almost like it's in layers, and we receive it by revelation. Each each layer is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So we get revelation, then we get revelation. And we, we move from, you know, faith to faith and different things. Uh, but we'll never have the fullness of what God intended us for, for us to have. It's only by the Holy Spirit that he gives us insight or, or he reveals to us the different seasons of God, the different seasons that God has for us or the mysteries of God that he reveals are not mysterious to us because he makes them known to us. But this, on the subject, the anointing, it's a subject that we know very little about, especially in the modern day church. It's a, a little fancy word that we've used in the churchy sense, uh, but most people uh, have no anointing or uh, have no idea what the anointing is. They just like the word because it's kind of a, a, a cool word to use in, in church. But I want to tell you this, just to start out in this teaching or, or to, to jump back into it. Uh, it's very simple. God uses his spirit to anoint people. So when you hear the word anointing, you, you have to understand that it, there's not a, a separate thing, potion, uh, you know, an ointment. 
uh, outside of the Holy Spirit. No, the, the, the oil or the ointment or, or the salve uh, of the anointing is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. The oil, the ointment, the salve of the, of the uh, anointing is the Holy Spirit. Uh, God anoints you. The word anointing is describing the, an action. God uh, uh, puts something on you, but what he puts on you is the Holy Spirit. Like he doesn't anoint you with pixie dust or magic dust or mysterious dust. No, he takes the person of the Holy Spirit and he places that person of the Holy Spirit on you in such a way that, that the, the word charisma in 1 John 2.20, and not, not to be charismatic or to be vocal or to have a gift of speech, no. The word in 1 John 2.20 is you have an unction by the Holy One and you know all things, and that is the Holy Spirit and the person and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit gets on you like a smearing effect uh, meaning you're covered and you're immersed in your, 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 come on now, uh, in, in the oil of heaven, in the oil of the Almighty, which is the Holy Spirit, and you begin to know special things by this anointing because the Holy Spirit uh, now is present in your life. Come on, say amen. Now, a lot of modern churches, they're, they're not anointed, so they have to, they have to begin to create a, a, a type of anointing, but it's not an anointing of the Holy Spirit. It, it's not uh, fire from heaven. It's fake fire. Uh, it, it's not. It's not the true flame of heaven. No, it, it, it's a manufactured flame that a man without an, an anointing has to come up with a fake. Come on, are you here? Or a false or an ungodly, and then tag it the anointing of God. That's why we see in the modern day church. Uh, so many carnal elements. That's why uh, uh, modern day pastors that are not anointed, not are called, not called, not anointed, not anointed, not ordained by God. Uh, you know they're drawing straws in the sense uh, of of they have to now uh, present something that looks supernatural. So what do they do? They 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 get into you know like mystical or mysterious or. It, 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 you're not tricking the true anointed ones because you, you don't have to create a club bar type atmosphere for me and, and then try to trick me into telling me that's the anointing of God. No, no, no. See, a, a lot of us lived in the club bar type atmosphere and we know the difference from that fire. Come on now, say amen. Uh, we know the difference from fake fire or the fire of the world or the fire of Satan uh, compared to the fire of the Almighty because the the fire of the Almighty burned out the things that we used to be a part of. So that thing you're offering, it, it, it's 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 rancid to us. That that's the old. Come on, that's the old lifestyle to us, and we recognize it. Now you can take some new people. Come on, I'm preaching better what you're saying already. And you may be able to trick or deceive. The Bible says that, that they'll, leave, they'll deceive the elect of God. Satan will deceive the elect of God. You look at this. Let me help you a little further about deception. If Satan himself could deceive uh, one-third of all of God's angel armies. Come on now, think about that. Satan deceived witchcrafted, however you want to put it, whispered, deceived, lied about God in such a way that, that he led one-third of all of God-ordained, God-created angels 
to leave God. Uh, how much? Come on now, those were those were angels. Those were you know uh, supernatural spirits that were employed, created by God for God, uh, created to be a help of God. That left God. They turned their back on God. And, and now you think that you're exempt from that? No, no. Satan's doing the same thing. Then not only that, but but Satan has a, a a fake or a false to everything that God is and has that's true. So if you look at this, you look at the the, the shepherds. There's many shepherds in the land that are not God ordained shepherds, but they're leading a, a lot of people which have become a flock. They flock to a, a person looking for them to lead and guide them. Therefore, he takes on a shepherd role. He's leading a flock, but he's not leading into the pastures of God. He's leading them astray because he's not anointed of God. There's no true anointing there. Uh, There's just a a man that has a charismatic personality, not a charisma, not an anointing, but a charismatic personality. Uh, There's a man there that has a magnetic personality. There's a man there that knows how to speak. He's probably, the truth be told, and I'm not talking about pastors now. I'm talking about uh, these famous people, these famous rappers, musicians, famous people from Hollywood that draw a crowd, that lead a crowd. Now, they're ordained all right. They're anointed all right, but they're not ordained of the Lord. They're ordained of Satan, meaning Satan has ordered them into this role, and Satan now uh, has ordained them with evil powers or ability. Uh, Come on now preaching pretty good, and they lead, they're, they're doing the job of a true shepherd, but they're not anointed to do so, so they're leading them to, uh, towards destruction. I won't get too far off on this, but I believe this is very helpful to you that you see this and understand this. So in a modern day church, pastor, is it wrong to have smoke? Is it wrong to have nice lighting? Is it wrong, you know, to, to, to set a, a, a natural mood? Well, yes and no. Because God doesn't ride in on your emotional lights, your mood setting. God doesn't ride ride in on a mood. God doesn't need a, a certain lighting. We never see biblically. Could you imagine in the Bible, Jesus lit candles. Jesus went and got a smoke and, and made smoke. Jesus got flickering lights. Uh, Jesus, and, and then God came in the room. No, well, the Old Testament and Chronicles and Kings we know that the, the they would go into the inner courts and they'd play worship play. So worship and, and instruments are very uh, correct. They're, they're they're heavenly. They're ordained of the Lord, so on and so forth. But I'll, every time you go to God, there, we don't need smoke. We don't need. Why do we put the lights down? Like if the lights go down, well, a lot of people say we're trying to create an intimacy. Well, when there's a corporate gathering, that's not the time for personal intimacy. Well, let me ask you this. When you're alone with your spouse or your girlfriend, do you turn the lights down? Do you, do you light candles? Do you make smoke? Do you make flickering lights? Do you put the music at a certain level? Uh, do you have certain songs that, that move you to love your wife, that, that move you to be lovey, that move, move you to be intimate, so on and so forth? And the answer is No. Now, if you do, if you need all those aids to help you love your spouse, you got problems. And that's how it is with God. Uh, You know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, 
uh, the Bible says that we are the light of the world, that we're to shine our light. Now, no, it's not talking about uh, lumens or, or, or natural light, but uh, I, I believe this, sin happens in dark places. So why are we trying? Well, even Have you ever been to a club? Are there lights on in the club or are the lights off in the club? Is the music loud in a club or is the music soft in a club? Is there smoke in, 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 in a club? Is there, you know all these elements. So then how can we take those same elements that Satan uses in the world and try to pull them through and clean them and then use them uh, to, to usher in, quote unquote, the anointing of God? No, that's not how things work. See, the, the anointing of God takes place for all these natural things that man lean on when there's no anointing. So once again, pastor, is it wrong or is it right? I guess if it's secondary, you know, I don't think it's wrong to have nice lights. Uh, You know, I I think maybe I side a little old fashioned. Um, You know, when the true anointing shows up, uh, you don't need any lights. You don't need any smoke. You don't need any sound. Uh, All you need is a meeting with you and God, a touch from heaven and a touch from heaven surpasses all those things. You know, you've heard my story because I can't quit talking about it. But I've had several meetings of God that marked me forever. The last meeting I had from God was a couple months back now. And in that meeting, I didn't have, uh, it was in the middle of the day. My shades weren't closed in my bedroom. I didn't have uh, worship music on softly. I didn't have lights. I didn't have smoke. I didn't have incense. I didn't have candles. I was just in my bedroom. The shades were open. The sun was shining in. And I was looking at photos, old ministry photos of me uh, under a tent uh, ministering on behalf of God and people getting touched by the presence of God. And then God entered into the room. Now, it had nothing to do with the natural elements, but it had everything to do with my heart. Uh, My heart at that time was completely and totally open for the Lord. I I was making room for God to move uh, in my life. And God moved on my life and, and marked me. Two months ago, uh, put another mark on me for, I believe, another season. I believe for another call. I believe for uh, that he gave me instruction, unlocked some things within me that day. But my point is, is I didn't have a scheduled meeting. I didn't have all the natural elements, so on and so forth. So if you want lights to try to, to, to reach a, a certain age group, so on and so forth, be very careful because uh, one of my uh, you know mentors in the faith which was a mighty man of God, Dr. Norval Hayes. You might not know that name, but it has a lasting effect on my life, Brother Norval had. But he taught me this. Be careful how you get people, because the way you get them is what you'll have to do to keep them. So if you're counting on lights, if you're counting on a a set mood, if you're counting on smoke, if you're counting on no lights, colored light, whatever it is, loud music, Uh, and you reach them that way, you reach them with a certain element outside of the Holy Spirit. See, if you reach them by way of the Holy Spirit, here we go. If you reach them by way of the Holy Spirit with a true anointing, all you have to do is stay in that anointing and you'll continually flow and they'll stay in that flow. But if you you reach them uh, by a a man-designed, man-created, want to be anointing, you're going to have to stay in that design because that's the way you reach them and that's how you're going to have to stay to keep them.
Come on now, preaching pretty good. Someone ought to say uh, amen or something, wherever you're listening from, wherever you're, you're, you're tuning in today, from your, whether it be your car, your desk, your phone, I don't know, just say amen. Say pretty good teaching, preacher. Thank you for helping us. Amen. Now, I'll give you another scripture. In Isaiah, the Bible says that the anointing destroys the yoke. So true anointing, the person of the Holy Spirit, that has touched your life and has left a mark or a lasting effect on your life, anointed you. The only way to destroy the yoke uh, of Satan, the yoke of this world. Now, let's change the word yoke for a moment because a lot of people don't even understand what a yoke is. So uh, let's say a, a yoke is a form of bondage because in a, in a farm yoke, that's what the Isaiah was um, talking about, in, in a, a farm system... A yoke was a contraption, a wooden contraption that would bind two oxen together or, or two animals together. And if they were yoked up, like if you put a horse with an ox, there'd be a, a, a wrong uh, a yoke. It'd be an, an uneven, come on, are you here? Because an ox thinks different than a horse. And one of them's got to do more work than the other. So you, you can't be yoked up or tied to or in bondage to uh, something that's ungodly. If you are, the word is called unequally yoked. But let's just say this, it's a bondage is what it is. You're attached to something. Well, the only place in the Bible that says uh, that you, you break the bondage, or the word yoked, but we're talking about bondage instead of yoke to help you. The, the bondage is destroyed by the anointing. Now, uh, uh, an emotional service does not break the bondage of the world off of you, does not break the bondage of Satan off of you or of a habit off of you. It's only the person of the Holy Spirit or, or the, an, an anointed one that walks with the Holy Spirit that is illuminated by God with the Holy Spirit. Come on now, say amen. It's only that power, that anointing uh, of God that has the power, has the ability to cut you free, to set you free from those bondages. Nothing else, not a song. Come on now. Uh, not a song, not a good ministry, not a good uh, preaching, not a good teaching. The only thing that destroys, removes the yoke, doesn't only remove it, but it destroys it or it completely annihilates it so that it is no more, is the anointing of the Almighty. Someone say amen to that. So we need the anointing more than we need anything else. Like if Bible schools would teach us that the most important thing we have is the Word of God and the Holy Spirit of God, the, the Word and the anointing, and those two working together, if we knew that, that then we would key on the Word and the anointing, but that's not what they teach anymore. Now they teach the most important thing is a business degree. The most important uh, degree is a psychology degree. You got to have all these degrees. You got to learn how to how people think. You got to learn how to manipulate people. That's not what we we should be taught in a Bible college uh, to learn to collect people. How how uh, learn how to carnally get people into a building. Learn what to say to keep people in the building. Learn what not to say, what Bible terms not to use to scare people away. 
Like, there's, are you kidding me? So there's churches right now that deem themselves God-ordained churches, but they won't talk about the Holy Spirit. They won't pray in other tongues. They won't lay hands on people. Come on. They won't talk about the anointing because that could offend people. Well, you're not a God-ordained church. You're not ordered of the Lord. Do you think God's going to order you to start a church and then order you to become a carnal and cut him out and build the church without him? No, the scriptures say that if, if we build the church without the Lord or, or the King James, lest the Lord build the house, they that build it, they labor in vain. So if you leave the elements of God out, especially the person of the Holy Spirit, if you leave him out, uh, you don't have a God establishment. You have a man-created establishment. You have a man-ordained establishment. And you're not having anointed services. I know a lot of you, I know a lot of pastors that are, are, are very extremely good at preying on emotions. Then they have emotional services. They can cry. They can, they can weep. They can have the little special cry, pray, holy, anointed, religious-y little voice and you move people's feelings, and then you call that the anointing. No, if it's a learned, let me help you out. If it's a learned action, it's not anointed. It's not the anointing. If you can learn it and you can do it without the presence of God, it's not ordained of God. It's not anointed of God. Like I remember years ago, we had people, and wonderful people, but they all said they, they, they dance, they do a spiritual dance, a Holy Spirit-led dance. Well, that every person that did this dance did the same exact dance. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never heard two people pray the same prayer language ever. Uh, I've never seen God do the same thing twice. So how is God going to teach everybody the same exact dance? And the answer is not. The answer is they learned this dance somewhere and then they deemed it a spiritual dance, but it wasn't spirit-led. It, it, it may have been done in their heart unto the spirit, but it wasn't uh, a spirit-led or spirit, uh, come on, man, uh, the spirit manifesting within them, giving them a supernatural dance. No, when, when man does things without the spirit, there, that's not the anointing. I'm not saying man can't do good things, but man's extremely limited by the Holy Spirit. And man surely, according to the scripture, man surely cannot have a church without the Holy Spirit. Man surely cannot pastor. He cannot apostle. He cannot be a prophet. He cannot be evangelist. Come on now, he can't be a teacher without the Holy Spirit because God said in Acts 1.8, wait until you've been endued with power from on high. Then be a witness unto me. But first he said, wait. So if you go without the Holy Spirit, you disobeyed the orders of heaven. And what he was saying was, wait, you need not only to be ordained or called by me, but with the calling comes an anointing and with the anointing comes success in that calling or in that order that I've given you. Uh, you look at this. Jesus waited 30 years. What was he waiting on? He was waiting on God to anoint him with fire from heaven so that he had a, an authority or God put his spirit on him or within him. So then he operated in the, the highest authority in the land. And for three years of his 33 years on earth, for three years of his ministry uh, were authentic ministry years. The, the, the authentic ministry years of Jesus were three years, not 33 years. 
And he wasn't a minister because he was the son of God. He was a minister because God anointed him to be a minister. In Acts 10.38, the Bible is very clear and says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. It didn't say how Jesus did things because he was Jesus, the son of God. Or Jesus did things because of his birthright or because of his name. No, it said how God, the Father, anointed Jesus, the Word, with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit, who went about doing good and healing all of those who were sick or who were were oppressed uh, by the devil, for God was with him. Well, God with you is the anointing. God with The only way God can be with you, not in essence, but by the Spirit. See, God's uh, with us by his spirit. He's not far from us. No, uh, he, he, he puts his spirit. Oh, come on now. Preaching better than what you're saying. Say amen to this. So Jesus, uh, by the anointing, remember, Jesus goes, he's baptized by John in, in Matthew 3. After he comes out of the water, he's led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He comes out of the wilderness uh, filled with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, or filled with the spirit. So we know this. We know that when you're filled with the Spirit, that the evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, every time someone's filled biblically, every time someone's filled with the Holy Spirit, immediately uh, there's the evidence of the Holy Spirit. The evidence of the infilling of the Holy Spirit is they pray in other tongues. So preacher, you're saying to me that Jesus prayed in other tongues, and I'm saying to you, absolutely. Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, and a part of being filled with the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit comes in, and he comes in with a heavenly language. Come on now, say amen. So he comes out of the wilderness uh, filled with the Spirit, the Bible said, and he starts his ministry. Well, now the supernatural things that happened by way of his ministry were uh, a, a reflection or Uh, a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the supernatural part of God. Jesus is the word. The Holy Spirit is the illuminating force of heaven or the power of God or God with us. So when this presence, this power of heaven uh, is blanketed on the word, the word's illuminated or the word now has power. And that's what we saw, Jesus, the word. We saw the power of the Holy Spirit working with the word, giving the word power and or ability. That's why if you go to a dry church or a non-anointed church, uh, chances are you fall asleep, you're bored, you don't know what's going on because the Holy Spirit's not illuminating the Word, come on, and, and bringing it to life or, or energizing the Word of God. And that was the intent of God. And it's funny to me how the body of Christ always defaults back to uh, uh, you know, um, carnality or a, a man's intelligence, always. So we're safe. We go to safe mode if we can wrap our natural mind around it. Well, that's not where God is. We hey, that's really not even who you are. The Bible says you are a spirit. Uh, you, yeah, you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. You are a spirit. You the real you is a spirit. So the real you is not uh, you know a, a, a carnal mindset or not an intelligence. The real you is a spirit. But it's funny how men are, men are always safe. Men and women are always safe in, in, in the natural things of God. Like we like the word without the spirit. Well, why would you like the word without the spirit? 
Well, because you can be in control. You think you can, but you're not going to control Jesus. But a lot of people think they can manipulate the word without the spirit. Uh, They can control or amend or so on and so forth. The word, vote on it. But when the Holy Spirit, all your voting rights are gone. When the Holy Spirit, when the power of God shows up, your voting rights are gone, my friend. Your little amendment pen, it, it goes away, my friend. You're not in control. When the Holy Spirit's illuminating the word of God, there's a supernatural presence uh, supernatural power and ability that comes on the scene that knocks men to their very knees. Wow. It's called the anointing. I do what I do, and I've been doing it now for almost 30 years because the anointing of God touched my life, and I've never, I have never been the same since that first touch. Uh, it, it's a marking not only are you anointed, when you're anointed, uh, do you act a certain way, but you become an advocate for the anointing that you are touched by. Like I do what I do. I, I don't feel like I know I'm called, but I feel more of a have to because the way God touched me in his presence that manifested in my life, I, I feel like I'm on a crusade or I become a crusader that I have to tell the world about the the anointing of the Almighty that changed my life. And the same anointing can change your life too. It was the anointing that delivered me. Come on. It was the anointing that empowered me. It was the anointing that pulled me out of society. It was the anointing that that gave me revelation or insight beyond my own ability. And it was the anointing that changed me forever. So now I've got to tell the world. We can't let this die. We cannot let this subject uh, pass. We can't let let it die. We can't ever. We can never go beyond the subject of the anointing till the world world hears it, because that is what makes you free. The anointing destroys the yoke of bondage in and on your life. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Now I, I know we haven't gotten into you know how do I get anointed? Uh, you know where do I go for this? No, I know I haven't answered those questions because I'm still laying the foundation of the importance of the anointing. Where does the anointing come from? What does the anointing do? What are the, you know some distractions or you know what, is there a fake? How do I know the fake? How do I know the fraud? And we're laying that foundation, but it's very simple. Uh, you'll all you'll find the anointing and obedience. Uh, where, where God tells you to go, he's going to lead you to a church that's anointed. You, now, I know there's a new little, I, we're giving you a little extra again today. I know there's a new little thing that's been on the scene for like the last 20 years, at least since I've been around, that people think they get to pick where they go to church uh, according to their desire or their feelings and their emotion. So you you think that there's a church for you that fits your hand perfect like a glove. No, that's not true. Uh, You ask God. God leads and guides you. The Holy Spirit leads and guides you into all truths. You ask God, where do you go? God will send you. Chances are when you get there, you're not going to like the preacher because he's probably saying something under the anointing that's stretching you or opening or leading you by the Spirit into a place you've not gone before, and it's causing a separation from your carnal man into your spirit man, and that's sometimes painful. But if you just go to where you fit, where you're comfortable, you're never going to be stretched, you're never going to grow. So you got to be led by God. You can't interview the preacher. If you're going to interview the preacher, this is how the interview should go. 
Uh, preacher, uh, do you believe uh, in the cross? Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Uh, preacher, are you baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire? Do you, do you believe? Do you pray in other tongues? Do you lay hands on the sick? Do you cast out devils? You know, that should, that should once those questions are answered, uh, you should be uh, all in. But you shouldn't be like, hey, what do you wear? What kind of wine you like? You know, what kind of attitude you have? Because I like this attitude. I don't, well, uh, uh, let me help you. It's not about you. And it's not about your feelings. And it's not about your emotions. And you're probably in the place you're, you're at in life because you've been led uh, not by the Holy Spirit, but by your feelings and your emotions. And your life's probably a wreck. And behind you, come on, is probably a giant mess. You need to be led by the Holy Spirit. You need to find someone who, who is in love with the Holy Spirit, who, who operates in the Holy Spirit, who's anointed by God to lead you away from you and to get you under an anointing of God. Come on, supernatural power and ability of God in your life to cause you to grow spiritually. Wow, preaching pretty good. Amen. Well, glory to God. Amen. I'll teach you how to be obedient, how to, how to seek heaven Obey God, get anointed, stay anointed, and flow. Because a lot of people are anointed, they just don't know they're anointed because they don't know how to flow, and you'll never sense the presence of God until you flow. The presence of God is in the flow. Like, I like the feeling too, but it's not just about a feeling, but when you learn to flow, when you learn to release, you, you'll understand it, it'll be, become more tangible or present in your life. Well, I'm out of time. Hey, I love you. Richard Summerlin Ministries, Pastor Rich here. I love you. Thank God for you. Thank God for his anointing. I, I just pray this this you know brings uh, heavenly insight, uh, revelation to you. And I hope you really desire uh, the anointing of God in these last days. And I hope the anointing of God grows in your life in Jesus' mighty name. Until next time, I love you. Hey, uh, get, drop a note. Let us know how we're helping you. And get this out. Share it with somebody. And we'll see you next time here on the podcast. <laughs>